Hey, shitheads! Welcome to Cyborg New Gods. I'm your game master, Dale, and I'm gonna be taking you dreckheads, you gutter punks, on a trip through the worst city in the world. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to do some good in this shithole. This is a cyborg actual play podcast using the cyborg OSR rules. Available on DriveThruRPG or from Free League Publishing. Let's get right into it. Punks, I just want to let you know that I'm going to enjoy every second of what's about to transpire, punks. Because you've been getting under my nerves for quite some time. And I've been waiting, longing for the day when you get your comeuppance like the insects that you are. Because the city of Psy breaks everyone down, crushes them into dust. And you've been ruffling some feathers, punks. You're riding the high from your successful job, assassinating Jing Hai Sloan at the top of her 60th floor apartment building, rattling subsection block A. It's the biggest job you've pulled off in hell. Knocking off a executive member of the Virid Vipers with ties to Allianson, that's a big job. But only punks with a lot of balls or very few brain cells would ever have taken on. So tonight, we join you at the Rusty Nail, Ivan's Bar, where he's shouted you some drinks. This is out of character for Ivan. Usually, even his closest friends have to pay. But hey, <laughs> he laughs as he pours a refill into each of your cups and then slides his finger along one of the electronic panels built into the corrugated iron, making the new rock boom louder throughout the dingy, dusty, dimly lit establishment that you've come to know as your second home. It was a suicide mission and, well, I forgot to give you your last drinks before you left. You came back, so I'm giving you your last drinks now because you were really fucking stupid to go along with Vera and her collective. But at least you're back now and you got well paid. And just so you know, tonight is a once-off thing. You come back and I'll be expecting you to splurge some of that payment here and buy drinks at double the price. <laughs> Uh, as Ivan says this, Ghost is notably absent. Yeah. And yet Ivan's poured a drink at the spot where Ghost would be sitting. He peers at the empty stool and he says, 
I hear the girl has uh, paid off her debt, as it were. And she's made some big purchases and has a very important revelation to impart on the rest of us. But first, he turns to Paradigm and he says, You, all that nano they were dealing with in that tower, aren't you glad that you've come to understand? The state you're in? <laughs> I remember a time not too long ago when a mere mention of nanos and Ground Zero would have you running away like a scared puppy dog. And here you are, making sure nano-infused vert is off the streets for good. Changed these last few months. Your head! And remember, your pal Ivan was there for the whole time. I knew you when you were nobodies, and now you're big shots, and everyone's scrambling for your implant IDs. Asking good old Ivan, can you get me in touch with the punks who bumped off Jinghai Sloan? <laughs> Business is good. Business is good. And you, Kitty. Kitty. You got a lot of treasure in your name now. You become the most feared Pirate on the Seven Seas! <laughs> Not a lot of competition in piracy these days, Ivan. Unless you be doing uh, bootleg holiday. Ah, uh, well, see... If I recall, you was doing the bootleg holiday when I... First... Picked you out of the crowd! So it's good to see you've gone from uh, selling bootleg copies of I Kill Cop 69 to bumping off Virid Viper executives and making this city a bit of a better place. Of course, you know the Virid Vipers, I'm sure they've already got someone there replacing Sloan, but, well, what I hear. Oh, that dodgy vert is off the streets, and maybe, maybe you've done what most people will never do, and actually done a lick of good change here in this city. <laughs> and that deserves another drink in my book. He refills your jug that you've already drained in the span of him talking. Nods ah, to Jonathan. Nods over to Jonathan and he says, And you, Hills boy, you finally learned your true calling. Jonathan just nods and smiles and says, Ah, well, I won't, uh, I won't mince words. I think I've developed a liking for this mercenary business. Certainly more exciting than any work at TG Labs was. Haha, <laughs> now you get it, see? You wanna make the most of Sai, you gotta live on the edge says Ivan. Now, he peers at Ghost's empty seat. He says, as if he expects 
as if he's talking to an omnipotent sentience that is able to hear and monitor his every word. Oh, if only our girl would choose this moment to dramatically grace us with her presence. <laughs> <laughs> and Ghost, please describe what flickers into existence right there on the stool. <laughs> what flickers right there into existence on the stool is a mm, undefined figure for now. Ghost is still figuring this whole intangibility thing out. But there is a projection of something vaguely humanoid. Uh, shimmery, kind of glitchy looking. But you kind of get the vibe that that's Ghost. Mm, it feels like Ghost. Indeed, Ivan pushes the drink across the bar and he says, <laughs> I know you here, I knew it. You see, Sure, I couldn't see you anywhere, but when I peered down at the panel and suddenly there was a 21.4 terabyte package downloading from God's nowhere, <laughs> I thought, that's Ghost and she's in my system and that would explain why everything has a little anime girl icon on it right now, see? You know, it's my little touch. <clears throat> oh, sorry, uh, getting the voice right on this thing. <laughs> You're still learning. Hey, it's gotta be uh, different not having a body, you know? Uh, we take breathing for granted, we take blinking for granted, you gotta learn to do all that stuff all over again and- Oh no, man, you, you don't got it. I don't, I don't have to do that at all. Ah, good, so, man. No, I just- we're just gonna go for the whole unsettling, uh, omnipotent, uh, digital, uh, ghost. Well, Would you really want me any other way? I guess not. <laughs> but that does bring me to a question. See, you got your brain box and your mind is out there on the web now, infesting the dingy dark corners of the Matrix. Why you still here? I must be because you really like your pal Ethan. <laughs> oh well, you know, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a question uh, of my own. Uh, Kitty, is your voice synthesizer doing all right? You sound kind of muffled. I do. Well, that's worrisome. I see. That would be uh, from the bullet you took in the fight with Jinghai Sloan right there. Ah, look, uh, I'll book you in with some guys I know, and we'll see if maybe we can get some... Uh, get some polishing done on the old animatronics in there. You know what? Uh, you know that what, good. Let, let me try something here, Ivan. That didn't work. Uh, yeah, no, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to book something in. Uh, we're looking overdue for a service, but, uh... You know what? Uh, when I heard the story from Paradigm and Jonathan, it sounds like, uh, She did quite a number on you, Kitty, and I'm quite surprised you even managed to walk out of there. 
no one was the there to fix you. The worst, yeah, the worst kill all you ever had. And you know what? Uh, I hate to say it, but those strange blue crystal things you got under your tricorn there, maybe they are more uh, integral to uh, you running properly than we thought. Maybe it's not all just gears and cogs and computer chips under that kitty face, you know. It'd be a kind of a strange situation. The reality crystals be the reason I'd be in this uh, continuity. And they give, be giving me strange gifts in exchange for helping them getting themselves back together. Continuity? <laughs> what, you still on about the episode 696 the reality crystal and the gateway to the alternate world and all that first thing out of your mouth when we first met you know and still all these years later it's always reality crystal this a continuity that <laughs> and yet here i stand after taking a beating that would kill any of you five times over true there's something to it true. i but I something am to something to it. Maybe you're right, but I am gonna book you in with my pal anyway. Get you a good old servicing. You're paying, of course, <laughs> but you can afford it. It's like they say in my old country, you know. You've got a <laughs> the fifty cal round strikes Ivan right between the eyes. His head explodes like a watermelon showering you with blood bits of bone and brain matter and just like that the panels embedded into the bar fizzle and the screens shatter the new rock music instantly stops and the dim lights that light the rusty nail Blink out, casting you all into darkness. I'd like everyone to please go ahead and make a presence investigate roll for me, please. Well, dude, it actually takes Ghost a minute to even notice anything's wrong because uh, they don't use eyes anymore. Yeah. From your perspective, Ivan just ducked under the bar, and it takes a fraction of a second to realise that's not a trick of the light, that's his blood painted all over the wall behind him, all over the bar. Ivan lies on the ground, his head no more than a bloody stump. I got a 19. 19. Oh shit! Paradigm? Oh. And Ghost's form uh, flickers out of existence. Uh, 15 for Paradigm. 15, and Kitty. You know how the dice roller hates me? Ah. <laughs> you know how every time I can't get to break? Well, I just <laughs> rolled a full dice and like, like, this will make things much better. I got a 2 on it, so I got a 5. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan stands up, instantly primed for action. He unslings his assault rifle from under his coat and 
scans the room and he shouts, Get down! Get down! As you look around the room and from each corner of the establishment, men clad entirely in black, wearing night vision goggles that glow with a with a pur- with purple LEDs equipped with top of the line assault weapons emerge from the darkness training their weapons on the terror-faced clientele of Ivan's bar they see you seated at the bar in the center of the building and with a quick flash of their hands, order each other to close in for the kill. As they move out of the shadows and into the ambient light cast by the blue screened electronic panels, you see Allianson logos on their body armor. Corporate assassins, and they've come for you. So, yeah, that's, that's to be expected. Corporate assassins have a special ability called Stealthy. When they appear, before combat begins, anyone who fails a presence check gets a free attack from the corporate assassins. You see one of them... I'm intangible right about now. Yeah, you're intangible, so you're lucky. One of them points... One of them points his weapon right in Kitty's direction, and you hear his voice interlaced with static. Just as, just as we said, uh, intercept, retrieve the animatronics, move in, move in. This is the point where I reveal, before this session, I did a level check to see if anyone would come to collect their, collect on your debt. I rolled a d20, added your level, four, and it passed the target number. Kitty's debt is being collected at the moment. But that's not why these Alliance and corporate assassins here are here. That's simply a bonus. They've come for you all. But it turns out Kitty's here too, and they're gonna focus on bringing those priceless, once cutting edge Alliance and animatronics back in. So, Kitty, go ahead and make me a DR14 defense roll. Eleven. Eleven. The silenced SMG shoots off a barrage of rounds, hitting you right in center mass, and you take six points of damage. Okay, armor says I only take three of that. I can look at that. Three. Nice. Go, go, go! Shouts the corporate assassin. Dead or alive, bring him in! Careful with the animatronics! As they sweep across Ivan's bar towards you. Kitty, go ahead and roll me initiative. Uh, you sure you want... Of course you want me rolling this. <laughs> I got a six! Holy six? Crap, I got a six. Yeah, you guys go first. First time. Ugh. You hear Ghost's voice emanating out of a speaker. 
They've got us surrounded. Defend, defend. I'll try to find a way out. And Ghost, you're up first. First off, Ghost wants to uh, make sure there is absolutely no way that their intangible form can be traced back to their uh, their home base. Yeah. Do you have knowledge? But this is the first time you've done this, and you haven't had a chance yet to fully run all the protocols you want to. So go ahead and make a knowledge technology check for me. That's a 14. 14. You quickly run all your protocols. They complete in a fraction of a second, and your vision, disembodied, disconnected from the physical world, your omnipotent overhead view of the bar is obscured by a flow of data as you check each of the connections, one after the other, rapid fire, bombarding them with packets to make sure nobody can backtrace them to where your brain box is currently stored. There's one connection. One of the hidden connections that you didn't really consider when you uploaded your consciousness into Ivan's system a few hours ago. Its protocols are a few generations out of date. It's a legacy connection left over from several years ago. No longer used by any modern software or hardware, but there's a chance these guys could find it if they ran a sweep. So, if you'd like to close that, go ahead and make me an agility technology check. DR14 to quickly shut it. Natural 16. Natural 16. Plus 6. The 0 in front of you turns into a 1, and you're fully secure. Now what would you like to do? Okay, uh, is there an obvious leader? Um, you examine all four of them. There doesn't appear to be any identifying insignia aside from the Alliance logo, but there is one who seems to be ordering the others. Every few seconds he stops, uh, directs the others with his hand, presses his thumb up to his ears, imparting silent orders through the hardware, the cyberware that links them all together. And it's likely he's the one calling the shots. Okay, I want to get into his comms. Alright, get into his comms. So that I can synthesize some, some orders. Yeah, so I won't, let, I won't make you roll for that. It's quite easy to get in. Normally, if you still had a body, the firewalls on these comms would give you some trouble. This is corporate-grade stuff. But for you, it's like slipping into a new set of clothes. Your consciousness slides through the connection, deftly evades the ice, and you're right there inhabiting his comm hearing all of the back chatter from the rest of the team and also his handler at Alliance and HQ. Bring the animatronics in alive. 
Bag tag the rest. Doesn't matter if they're dead or alive, bring their bodies in. We need their bodies for identification's sake. Johnson's intel said there'd be four of them. And they're heavily armed. Okay. Um... So, Ghost, first off, is try wanting to try and say something in his voice to the rest of the squad. Um, we're going to do this in stages so it doesn't seem too obvious. Um, so we're going to start with saying uh, the location of the fourth is unknown, could be a threat, maybe outside. Mm. Go ahead and make me a presence persuade check. Oh, that's a bad roll for me. That's a six. Six. So, the order comes through, and for the first half of the sentence, it's indistinguishable from the handler. Uh, negative, having trouble drawing location of the fourth, could be hiding, could be outside, could be... Then the voice changes. It's Ghost's natural, or should we say Ghost's previous natural voice. It's the voice of a 14-year-old girl saying, They're hiding outside, waiting to jump on you! Careful, careful! Shouts the handler. Intrusion! Intrusion! Comms are compromised! Comms are compromised! Activate emergency firewalls! Ice protocol! Engage! Getting out of there, so I'm trying to throw up some noise if I can. Yeah, go ahead to make me an agility technology roll. Okay, I'm gonna um, drop the DR in this. Drop the DR, go ahead. So it'll be DR 10, because it was DR 14. Natural 10. Natural 10. You drop some static into the comms, granting you a fraction of a second to pull out just before the node you're inhabiting is swarmed by ice. Unfortunately, the speed at which you pull yourself out breaks your intangibility and you flicker back in, sitting right there on that stool in front of the bar, presenting the corporate assassins with a target. Only for a few seconds until you could fix it, but for now, you're a sitting duck. Alright! Yeah, that was an actual 16 roll, but yeah, no worries. Sure. 16 roll. Yeah, I know, but I wanted to have something happen at least. Uh, okay, uh, Paradigm, we'll say you're next. So the, yeah, so it's like all the powers have been cut that, hasn't it? So it's... Yep. Completely dark, save for, there's, you know, the panel that Ivan uses to change the volume of the music. That's still on. It's just a solid blue screen with reams of data running up it, and that's giving off enough ambient light that you can see each other, and you can maybe see the rough movements of the assassins as they sweep around trying to get the drop on you, trying to flank you. But it would be better, of course, if you could activate your night vision. Uh, yeah. So that's a good thing is one of the things I did over my break was get my vision visor turned into a uh, Cytec. So they're mm. now just my eyes. <laughs> yeah. So switch over to dark vision. As your eyes begin to glow bright yellow and amplify the ambient light filling the room, 
you get a clear view of the assassins as they move in. Paradigm smiles. My vision is augmented. What would you like to do, Paradigm? Yeah, I'm just gonna pick one of them. Pick one of them, and I'm gonna use my my new toy, which is my own 50 cal. Take a shot mm. at him. <laughs> Take a shot at, yep. Pick one at random, or maybe the one that shot at Kitty, and go ahead. Yeah, and they made a couple of purchases in our downtime, but they were two very big ones. <laughs> 50 cal's gonna definitely be useful. Go ahead, roll to hit. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a 17 to hit. 17, 17 to hit, definitely a hit. Roll the damage. It's 2d10. Ooh, 2d10, nice. Total for 9. Total for 9? The armor absorbs 3? The guy takes 6 as... You fire your own 50 cal, and the bullets shred the front of the corporate armor, scraping off the Alliance logo. He stumbles from the impact of the shot, but within a fraction of a second, rights himself, raises his gun to return fire. And it is now Kitty's turn. So, you know the thing that drew Kitty to Ivan's bar at the beginning of it? It wasn't his yeah. cheer, it wasn't the rum. It wasn't the music, it was the fact he still had a fucking chandelier. Hmm, yeah. We're gonna so we're Kitty's gonna, gonna file. So Kitty's gonna do a few things. <laughs> She's got flare compensation on her eyes now. So instead yep. of throwing the grenade, she'll just pull the pin on the one by her side as she fires her grapnel and swings Monosword extended for the one that uh, Paradigm just shot. Hopefully the grenade <laughs> will go off and hit some people in the in the flashbang blast. Yeah. As this So the grappling hook extends, it attaches to the chandelier, and Kitty pulls herself off the stool, swinging like a feline Tarzan across the darkened bar, simply pulling the pin on the flash grenade as she drops down in front of the corporate assassin, her monoblade raised. <laughs> the flash grenade goes off. Let's roll to see how many rounds they're going to be stuck for. All right. I'm at A. Four rounds. Four rounds. Mm. So their corporate equipment does compensate somewhat for flash grenades. So it will still be four rounds, but the penalty will be reduced to two rather than four. You know, that's fine. We hit every edge we can get. Yeah. And then you bring the mono sword down on him. Roll to hit. I'll let you have an extra action because you swung from the chandelier and he wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you should always be expecting that. And I'm pretty sure a uh, 17. 17 does hit. Go ahead, roll the damage. The already wounded one. Mono sword yeah. says only three points. Three points and his armor rolls a six to absorb that. And he takes zero damage as the mono sword, the mono sword, 
seems to strike flesh, but actually hits the subdermal plating under his skin and just bounces off, and it nearly is flung out of your hand. You reach out the last moment, grabbing it and pulling it back down into your fingers. And then it's Jonathan's turn. Get down behind the bar, shouts Jonathan as he kneels down over Ivan's corpse. He grits his teeth. You'll pay for this, you bastards. He says as he raises his assault rifle, points it at the corporate assassin that Kitty just struck at and fires. Bang, 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 bang. He rolls a 14 to hit. And then he rolls a six for damage. And even though he's shooting for center mass, the bullet hits the subdermal plating and ping, ricochets off, dealing only one point of damage to the assassin. I do hope he be auto-firing. Yeah, he is auto-firing, so he's going to roll again. This time he rolls a 15. And that is... Ooh, nice. Jonathan rolls six again, and this time the armor only rolls one. Jonathan grits his teeth. This is for Ivan, he shouts as he unleashes another barrage, and the bullets, this time, instead of aiming for center mass, pepper into the assassin's right shoulder, knocking him off balance. He grits his teeth. Pulls the trigger a third time as he goes in for his next attack, and this time misses. All in all, good show from Jonathan, though. It is the enemy's turn. The leader waves his hand in the air. He points over at Kitty, and he says, Two teams! Fire Team Alpha! Animatronics! Fire Team Beta! Follow me! Just as planned. Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> Two of the soldiers, including the one who now looks quite heavily wounded, break off and charge towards Kitty, raising their guns. And Kitty, go ahead uh, and do a DR-14 defense roll for both of them. Well, since they'd be flashbanged, eh? Ah, yes, DR-12. Alright. So, with a 20 and a 17, Kitty... Dances, weaves, and pretty much grapples off the wall a few times. Mm. Moving like a tiny doll on crack. Yeah. Pirouetting around a dance of death as they empty their silenced SMGs at the chandelier, only managing to shatter the light bulbs and cause the whole thing to come crumbling down. They leap out of the way to avoid being crushed as the glass shatters and Kitty dances away unharmed. Ah, it was my favourite fixture. Besides Ivan, I'll miss them. Of the remaining assassins, the third one charges forwards. And suddenly... He raises, as he raises his weapon and locks onto Paradigm, he begins to move with supernatural speed, moving like a blur through the darkness as an unseen hacker somewhere in the room activates Overcharge Protocol. The Overcharged Assassin raises his SMG, points it at Paradigm, and fires. Paradigm, go ahead and make a DR-16 defense check, please. Oh. 
that with the flash being out of it then? Uh, this one's at the edge of the room. The so you would have so oh, okay. fire team two that's, that's coming after you. They're flashbangs, but the other teams not. Yeah. Uh, there's a five, so no. <laughs> that is a five. So you intercept his trajectory, but with the overcharge, he's moving too fast for you to handle. On your retina display, he's just an undifferentiated blur, and. He seems to move, crossing the room in a fraction of a second, and unleashes his load right into the right side of your body, flanking you, and you take six points of damage. Which, because of armor, becomes four, because it's reduced by two. Four, nice. And he is auto-firing. So... In another split second, he circles around you, leaps up onto the top of the bar, points his gun down at the flickering, glitchy shadow man that is Ghost, and fires. Ghost, DR16 to defend. Am I defending against being shot? Yes. <laughs> I got a nat 17. Nat 17. Bullets! seem to distort the shadowy image as they fly into it, but it's non-corporeal, so they pepper the stool behind you, and ten seconds later, the digital form that Ghost currently inhabits reforms. All of the reams of loose data coalesce, and the shadowy form is sitting there once again, undisturbed. All the speakers of the bar come alive with Ghost's voice. Did you seriously just try to shoot a hologram? <laughs> and the fourth assassin, perhaps learning from his friend's mistake, instead points his gun towards the bar where the tip of Jonathan's head and his hand propped over the top and fires and I'm gonna roll for Jonathan. Jonathan rolls a nine and takes five points of damage. His armor reduces that by three meaning he takes two and then of course the assassin is auto firing. He swivels around, points his gun at Kitty out in the middle of the room and fires. Kitty, go ahead, DR14 to dodge. Whoop, hey. Nat 20, so without looking, mm. Kitty just uh, she takes the herf gun out and gives him a blap with it. Yep. You point the herf gun at him Before and- another 20. A loud hum emanates through the room for a second. <laughs> as you blast him with unseen energy and instantly the purple LEDs on his goggle turn off, depriving him of his night vision. He yells, no cutting in on this dance. And with that crit on the herf gun, that'll be 10 points of no armor. Yeah, damage. 10 points of no, other, no armor damage. The LEDs turn off, and then the night vision goggles explode. And he screams in pain as he hunches over, trying to remove the melting plastic off his face. And then it's Ghost's turn. 
Uh, how close together are our remaining assassins? So, they're actually bunched close together. The two that are going after Kitty, they're pretty much side by side trying to flank Kitty. And the other two that are focusing on the rest of you, they're both pretty much pressed up against the bar now. So, they're all within each group. The two partners are within a meter of each other. Okay, so Ghost's body uh, blips out of existence and then reappears as a cloud around all of their helmets and starts sparkling mm. very bright. Mmm, to try to... Try to, uh, blind them, yeah. Alright, go ahead and make me a presence technology check. You are forcing your presence upon them. Fourteen. Fourteen. They're consumed in a cloud of tiny sparkling stars. Each light so intense that it shorts the circuits on their night vision goggles. Forcing them to reboot and for the next round depriving them of their vision. I'll give you another action, Ghost, as you are no longer corporeal. Would you like to track the hacker that's overcharging one of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to do that by just backtracing them, or would you like to use one of your apps? I'm going to blood snoot. Yeah, blood snoot. Go ahead. Roll knowledge technology to get the blood snoot going. That's a 14. 14. Your apps are no longer on physical cartridges, but they're still contained in discrete code packets and so you slide one of the reams of data across your vision merging it with the feeds in front of you activating your blood snoot and suddenly one of the new wave revelers in the crowd in amongst the hushed terrified patrons of the bar hunches over and blood spurts out of his nose onto the sleek Allianson 4000 cyber deck. He takes four damage as well. Four damage. <laughs> the keyboard of the cyber deck is covered in his blood. The I overcharge is still you. active, but you see him and you know where he is. All right, Paradigm, you're up. And you can see the hacker, by the way, now. You could, you see one of the people in the crowd hunch over, blood rush from his nose, and you can see the distinct shape of the cyber deck half concealed under his coat. Well, you've been annoying, so yeah, I'm going to spin around and fire at him. Yeah, go ahead, roll to hit him. I love that you got a standard issue big gun. <laughs> there he goes to the shell. Goes to the shell. <laughs> Ooh, what's a 17 on the familiar name. Yeah. 17, yeah, go ahead, roll the damage. Oh, 10 damage. End damage. The hacker's not wearing armor. He was hoping to remain hidden. So you riddle him with rounds and he gasps, oh, choking up blood 
as he drops the cyber deck and it clatters to the floor. He goes down and the overcharged assassin's movements slow back to normal, allowing you to adjust and prepare for the next assault. And Kitty, you're up. Ah, well, since I busted out the herf gun, I'll go for the wounded one and see if I can't catch a midsection. He probably has a heart implant or something like that to help with adrenaline. Still try. Yep, go with your monoblade. Roll to hit him. And now, oh, so no, this is the herf gun. Ah, yep, the herf gun. Yep, and this is, of course, he is flashbanged. So go ahead yep. and actually, no, he's not flashbanged. He was one of the ones near Paradigm. So no, he's just just a normal roll to hit him. 18. 18, that's a hit. All right. Two points of damage through armor. Two points of damage through armor, and the pacemaker inside him beeps one last time and stops. He clutches his hand to his chest as the hearth gun hums, and he slumps forwards over the bar, dead. Nothing you can do, mate. Total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> And then it is Jonathan's turn. Nice play, turn Kitty! Around. Jonathan shouts as he whirls around and takes oh, aim at the one that's coming up behind Kitty, the other one that's already injured. Jonathan rolls a nat 20, and... That is eight points of damage, reduced by three from the armor. Jonathan's aim is true, and the bullet slides right into the half an inch gap between the bottom of the assassin's helmet and his night vision goggles, hitting him right above the right eye. Blood and brain spew out through the tiny slit as he goes down. And then it is the assassin's turn again. Two more left at full health. The one who was previously overcharged, still standing on top of the bar, points his gun at the incorporeal form of Ghost. The You're still trying that. The sparkling lights all around him, and he fires. Go ahead and roll DR12 to defend yourself, Ghost. Don't get cocky. The fact he's still trying it means he might have something. Let's say, uh, 20. 20. Yeah. He can barely see with all of the lights around him. He's trying to fire, trying to hit one of the particles. And he knows that if he were to hit one of the particles, he'd force you to reform. And that would cause some strain. But he has no hope of hitting you. And so he turns to his companion, who shrugs and tries the same. Go ahead, DR12 to defend. Uh, it's agility, yeah? Yeah, agility, DR12. 12. 12, nice. So you did get just on 12, so... He doesn't hit you, but his bullets graze the tip of one of your particles and some of the raw data begins to corrupt and in order to fix it you withdraw coalescing again on the other side of the room pulling the data away from him and this causes you i'm not going to roll for him to damage you i'm just going to roll to see how much damage you take from reforming 
you take two points of damage as the feedback barrages your digital brain, overflowing Fuck, okay. it with you call my bluff. <laughs> but ow, he didn't actually damage you with his bullets, and that's a win. Having freed himself from the, having freed himself from the blinding force around him, he was firing on auto fire, and even though he didn't hit you, I'll still let him fire again because he did graze you. He points his gun at Paradigm and goes ahead again for another barrage. Paradigm DR fourteen to dodge. Oh. Hmm, maybe, maybe not. Oh, 16. 16, nice. You duck under the bar, sliding up next to Jonathan as bullets pepper the mirror surface of the bar and little shards of glass rain down on your head. And then, it's Ghost's turn. Okay, the guy who hit me. Vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm trying to, I, I, I think both Ghost and I are feeling out what we can do with this form. Uh, this yeah, this form. new form. Well, if we're that tangible that we can be shot, uh, Ghost is going to form itself into a spear. Mmm. <laughs> And go straight for its gut for uh, for that guy's guts. Yeah. So I'm gonna rule this the same way that a ghost enemy would attack, and I'm going to let you roll your knowledge technology to do it. Oh, <laughs> that's a good roll. Actually, agility knowledge because you are trying to slide into it. Yeah. Agility technology. That's um. Twelve. Twelve. All right. Let me check how much damage a spear deals. Ah, let's go for a D8. Go ahead, roll a D8 to see if you hit him. Seven. Seven, nice. His armor absorbs three, takes four points of damage. As he reaches down to pull the spear out, it dissolves into reams of data that fly across the room and reform back above the stool where Ghost was sitting, ready to hurl itself at him again. And then, it is Paradigm's turn. So it's how many assassins are left? There's two, and one of them's two. just been stuck with a spear. Yeah, so I'll aim at the, the one that isn't being attacked. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's a 22 on the shooting roll. Yeah, nice. Go ahead, roll for damage. So 10 damage again. 10 damage, yep. Let me roll for his armor. One point of damage. 
Ooh, nice. You managed to hit him just as he moves to find a better vantage point to shoot back at you, and you hit him in the lower torso, right above his navel. He gasps as he falls to the ground and crawls behind a nearby table for cover. And then it's Kitty's turn. Well, it's nice that he's behind the table, but she'll flip over it and try to land with the sword. Going first. Mm, going first, go ahead. Wada! But uh, nine means that she'll miss. Yeah. You've managed to hit him. That's not the problem. The problem is that by the time you hit him, he's whirled around to face you, and once again the monosaur comes down and ching ricochets off the subdermal plating, <sighs> causing you to stumble back from the impact. All right, you're a sturdy lad. I'll give you that. And then it's Jonathan's turn, and he points his gun towards the table, and he says, Take this, you corporate bastard! He fires, Whoa. but the bullets slam into the front of the table that's now overturned as he misses. It is the enemy's turn. The one behind the table reaches for something on his utility belt. He removes a black cylindrical object and shouts, FIRE! As he pulls the pin on a heavy grenade and hurls it across the room. And, and Kitty oh. do a sacrifice play. Yep. Is Kitty going to throw herself onto the grenade? No, but she's going to try and... Uh reach up with her sword and bat it right between them so that they both mm. take it. Yeah, go ahead, make me uh, an agility melee roll. We'll say DR16. Well, with a 19 on the die, that'll be a 24. 24, nice. Using your monosword like a baseball bat, you run up and as the heavy grenade sails through the air, you strike it. <laughs> And I'm going to roll to see how many it hits. That is two. It hits both of them. And they take... 11 points of damage each as the heavy grenade explodes. <laughs> behind the table okay. where they're both taking cover. And they go down with a scream. Letting off a barrage of shots blindly in Kitty's direction as they... Are flung through the air. Kitty, roll me a DR10 to dodge out of the way. DR what? Sorry, there's a vacuum cleaner right next to me. Ah, DR12 to dodge out of the way. That'll be a uh, 13. 13. Sorry, 14. You throw yourself to the ground as the two men fire wildly. The grenade explodes, sending them sailing through the air, and when they hit the walls behind them, you hear a loud crack as their necks snap, and they crumple to the ground, broken and dead. Never throw a grenade when somebody's standing right next to you. <laughs> Combat is over. Anyone who's hurt, go ahead, roll a d4 and regain that much health. Jonathan regains one. And anyone who fired, go ahead and roll to see if you get... If you have to reload your gun. 
Did I, uh, <laughs> did I fire? No, you don't have to do it. Oh. I get four back, and I do have to reload the hearth gun, sadly. That's fine. Yeah. I really want to see the reload animation from Iron Body. <laughs> you pull it. You pull a catch on the hearth gun and the spent battery drops out. You slot another one into the bottom of the barrel. And Paradigm. Alright, we need to get moving. <sighs> yeah. Oh, so I don't need to reload. That's lovely. Poor Ivan. There's nothing to be done. Can't even close his eyes. Ah, this is a bad business. Jonathan stands up, That's peering nice. down at Ivan. He shakes his head and he says, You know... Never thought I'd say this, but Ivan was an alright chap. And I'll make sure who did this is going to pay. Yeah, this high key sucks. Yeah, let's get rolling and discuss plans. We don't want to be here for round two. Yeah. Yeah. You scramble for the entrance, burst out onto the street, and rush towards Jonathan's stolen taxi. As Paradigm slings his body into the saddle of the old Harley. The engines roar to life and you scream down the trash-strewn port street. Where are you going? Or are you just trying to get as far away from there as you can? For now, I'm thinking we should just drive while we discuss our options. Mm. So that we be a moving target at the very least. Can't think of any other ideas, yeah. says Jonathan, as he pulls the ignition chip, slams his foot on the pedal, and you're all thrown forwards as the taxi lurches forwards, hitting its top speed for probably the very first time in its existence. Your vehicle's carrying you at a breakneck pace through the ports as neon-lit nightclubs and brothels scream past you've been driving for less than 60 seconds when your retinal displays show an image of vera coilings her face is twisted with a mixture of what looks like anger and concern as she desperately tries to get you to accept her call, mashing the call button over and over, jabbing her finger furiously into her own temple. You can't hear what she's uh, saying, but you could hear, you could see her lips moving over and over, mouthing the words, come on, come on. Vera, Vera, we'd be sorry. We'd be so, so sorry. They just <sighs> swept in. There nothing we could do. She sighs, hangs her head, shakes it. Well, you got away, at least, right? Oh, I. Oh, I. <laughs> Tell Ivan oh. I owe him for whatever damage they did on his bar, and... She sees the look on your face. I told you, we'd be sorry. That they... they got Ivan? He was the first one they took down. God damn it! She says there are tears in her eyes and the image falters as she slams her fist down on the table in front of her. 
I knew I should have decoded the data myself! Shouldn't have let them convince me to let that... prick Johnson do it! Look, there's a lion. They, they, they have their way. But still, I... I could have covered our tracks better and... Johnson betrayed us, she says. I'm gonna come straight out and say it. He didn't even attempt to crack the data. Soon as we let him go that night, he went to his alliance and handlers and he sold us upriver. fanboys. Of course he did. Well. Told him where you meet, told him all about Ivan. They knew exactly where to go and told him, for some reason, to go after Kitty more than anyone else. Strange. Well, I begin, have, begin, have been getting some notices about a product recall, but I've been, just been putting them in the spam folder. Good thing is you got out of there pretty much unharmed, and what I've heard about Alliance and Kill Teams, you're very lucky. And I can see you're on the move now, but the question is what to do next. Look, I've got the collective higher-ups telling me whatever we do, we gotta seek Johnson out and get that data back. Get it to someone who will decode it properly so we can take the fight directly to Alliance. Find out what Project Old Gods is. Find out where they're rolling it out and put a stop to it. But, well, the kill teams are after you now and... I won't blame you if you want to just disappear into the night. Collective has safe houses and places you can hide out and lay low and... She bites her lip, purses them together. If you just want to ride this out, I won't be offended. After all, it's a kind of my fault you're in this mess. And the Collective will do what they can to get things done without you, but... This is your chance to take the fight to them. And make sure Ivan... Didn't... Go out for nothing. Either way... Yes, yeah. Those kill teams are gonna be after you until this thing boils over. Until we get your names out of the system. I can't speak for the rest of you. But I be desiring to fly the bloody red flag of vengeance. She Fuck forces man, I, mean, I, I like the guy. She forces a smile. Yeah, well, Ivan did right by you. He always, he said, said to me, these guys, they know what they're doing, and they're not just in it for the money. They're in it because they want to see. They want to make a change in this city, and I guess he was right. Not many who would choose to take the fight to a corp to avenge a fixer. Many would just... Well, they'd be laying low, tapping their contacts, trying to get out of Psy. Lie low in one of the ghost towns. Okay, 
All right. So, here's what we're gonna do. I'll be working with the collective. I'll be ensuring that when you've got the data, we'll crack it open and straight away we'll know where to send you. In the meantime, I'll be working. I'll be hacking into Allianson's database myself, trying to find your names, trying to clear them out of there, and I won't leave a stone unturned. So that leaves you with tracking down Johnson. Now, we don't know where Allianson has him holed up. It's likely when he sold you out, they took him under their protection. And... The Collective's got no idea where, but we've got some leads you can check out, maybe follow his trail. The first is an old corporate office that the Collective, or at least the part of the Collective that he was with, had been using as a hideout. That building's gone dark, and I got a feeling that Johnson sold them out too. Allianson's eyes may be on it, but there may be something there to give you some trail to follow. The other option is, she looks down as she begins to rifle through papers in front of her. Johnson told me he was holed out at a local Coffin Hotel. Doesn't say which suite exactly. But we've got the name and address of the place. Not sure what you'd find there. Coffin Hotel's barely enough room to lie down in and go to sleep. But that's where he was living out of. You never know. Either way, I'll send the coordinates for both of these locations over. And as she says this, the map of Psy that glimmers in the corner of your HUD at all times expands as the location of the Coffin Hotel, situated right on the edge of the ports, not too far from where you are, right there on the waterfront of Evergreen Bay, and the collective's hideout at the old corporate office in Laketon. One of the southernmost slums. Blink up. Leave it up to you to decide where to go. Uh, Let me know if you find anything. I'll try to backtrace it. And look, I know I'll be able to get your names out of the system. But in the meantime, heads down. They're looking for you. Let's get through this in one piece, okay? For Ivan. And then the call lens, her image blinks away, leaving you still driving aimlessly through the trash-strewn, neon-soaked port streets to the side where you want to go. Well, I mean, looking at the map, the hotel's closer. Yeah. Coffin Nothing. Hotel. Nothing. And we can't... You could probably hit them both, but the clock is ticking. Another corp, another corporate kill team could find you at any moment. What are your thoughts, Ghost? I mean, Coffin Hotel is pretty easy for me to work with, you know? Yeah. 
they won't have very high end security. Mm. And they're all bunched together. So, Coffin Hotel then? Yeah, we want to hit up there first. Okay, so with, right. your, with your destination decided, you, just, you drive with purpose over the Wurte River out towards Evergreen Bay. Here, the nightclubs and the brothels and the dive bars begin to give way to the things you'd actually expect to see in the ports of Sai. Warehouses, shipyards, rail yards. The industrial wasteland slowly imposes itself on Sai's pleasure district and soon enough you find ever you see evergreen bay looming ahead of you a big black expanse the lights of the city dance on its surface in a multitude of colors and you pull your vehicles up into a con empty concrete lot right next to sig's sip and sleep a particularly unappealing looking coffin hotel. The billboard that advertises its services is caked in grime and dust, and the only thing you could still read are the words free Wi Fi. The neon light that proclaims the name out onto the street buzzes, flickers, as it's energy source runs low and the windows that look out onto the road are boarded up iron shutters pulled shut over them that are covered in gang tags and graffiti opposite the street right in front of sig's sip and sleep is yet another nightclub. This one fashioned out of what looks like five large shipping containers joined end on end. This club is so nondescript, so low market that it doesn't even have a name. There's just the word club flashing in green light every two seconds on and off. The Coffin Hotel itself appears to be situated in a rather utilitarian single-storey concrete block that touches the waterfront. There aren't any windows that aren't covered by roller shutters or wooden boards and barbed wire. And there only appears to be one entrance, the one, the double glass doorways right under the faded billboard, through which you can see a dimly lit reception lobby that seems to be decked out in the most gaudy, puke-coloured carpet and wallpaper imaginable. And I'm going to bring up a map of the Coffin Hotel that Ghost provides as you 
the bark from your vehicles and your boots crunch down onto the concrete. Oh, how would you like to do this? As you gather in front of the double doors that lead into the lobby, Ghost becomes corporeal, standing next to you. Once again, a flickering, glitchy, distorted, shadowy mess, but she is here. A little more contiguous this time. A little more contiguous. There's a face, at least, this time. A face that vaguely, vaguely resembles the ghost you've come to know. And if you were to peer beyond the glitches and the reams of corrupted data, perhaps you would see Ghost's mouth twisted in a look of resolve. So, Johnson stayed somewhere here. You don't know where, but this is where he was living. And hopefully, there's something you can find will give you an idea where Alianson has taken him. Let's plan, guys. Gain four feet of height and a human-like experience. Yep. Kitty's body expands, and once again, the middle-aged woman who looks like she's seen some shit wearing a naval tricorn is standing beside you. Well then... Seems to me there'd be a couple of points of investigation. One is this place probably has somebody on duty. Yeah. That we could possibly bribe or persuade into telling us. Open one 24 is that we hours. Investigate the site itself. And one is that ghost could go in the network and see what's Eugene gleaned from all that data. Yeah. Of course, it's much easier for ghosts to slide in and out of networks in her current form, but she still needs to know where the access node is. Otherwise, she's essentially going to just be ramming herself at the firewall over and over, trying to find a little hole to slip through. It's much more efficient if you know where she can get in. Well, start with words. That's what I've learned. You can always do against Let's start with Kitty will head towards the lobby. So as Kitty heads towards the lobby, does anyone else have any other ideas? Yeah, I mean, not at the moment, not until we know where Johnson was staying. Like, yeah. the exact truth and stuff, yeah. Fair, in, fair enough. Has the glass doors slide open and admit you to the lobby, you see Jonathan visibly cringe as he takes in the sight of the puke-coloured carpet and wallpaper, the moth-bitten leather couch that's propped up against one wall with a faded picture of a turn-of-the-century sports car hanging above it. Oh, well... I thought I'd seen it all, but this is about as far away from the hills as you can get. There's a wooden counter at the end of the reception lobby, another door behind it that seems to lead into the hotel proper. 
there doesn't appear to be any computer or terminal on the counter. Instead, the owner's gone old school. Reeves of yellowed paper in a stack in front of him. An actual pen, even. And as you step towards him, the owner looks up at you. If you... If you didn't know that such things didn't ex didn't exist, you would be forgiven for mistaking him as some kind of ghoul or something. He's completely bald, his skin pale white, so thin that you can see the outlines of his bones pressing against pressing up from the back of his hand, running up his arm. He seems to be staring in your direction, although you can't quite tell as his left eye is a lazy eye, permanently fixated on something to the left of you. He opens his mouth, licks his almost non-existent lips. Party of a... Mm, three? Nope. Four, I see you there. Four? Four coffins? That's ten creds a night it is. I'm Sig, by the way. And I welcome you to Sig Sip and Sleep. How many nights? Actually, there may be Sig to meet the Sig. And the fact is, we ain't exactly looking for coffins, we're looking for, uh, former residents. Well, you can have a look at my guest book if you like, I suppose, he says, as he pushes the pile of papers across the counter towards you. I warn you, though, this is a coffin hotel, love. I don't ask questions. And most peoples don't give their real names. As long as they pay up and as long as they offer sip a good a taste or smell of their skin. I don't ask no questions, I don't. Eh. Oh, that'd be fair. The hell are we be looking for? And uh, she'll describe them. As uh, she hands like, uh, paradigm the paper to sort through. Paradigm, what's your presence? My presence is plus five. And Kitty, what's your presence? Plus three. Kitty, do you have the persuade skill? I do. Hmm. So. Paradigm spends a few minutes flicking through the paper, and it's nearly impossible to read Sig's handwriting. It's calling it chicken scratch would be a compliment. It's essentially just squiggly lines that's been painted aimlessly over the piece of paper. You can make out a couple names here and there. They're not exactly descriptive. Mr. X, big guy, 
one with long hair, sweet skin. But, and this is not exactly confirmation that it's Johnson, but on the very last page, there's someone who's signed the register as simply Deep Throat. And then in brackets, they've written so cool with an exclamation mark. They insisted on signing it themselves, too. Perhaps the most legible name in the entire book. Chris just snickers, completely oblivious to what that name means. Deep Throat means, yeah. Meanwhile, Kitty, uh, do you add a bribe to your question? Oh yeah, I do. Money yeah. credit should do. So Kitty slides a cred stick across the bar as she describes Johnson. And Sig looks up, licks his lips, and he says, Ah, trying a bribe, old Sigar, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, I remember someone who looked like that. I do. I remember. Skin tasted like sarsaparilla, did. That would match his aftershave, eh? Might be interested in telling you where he is, but I'm gonna. You're gonna have to make it more worth the while for poor Sid. If it gets out that poor Sig's telling people where his customers is staying, poor Sig would go out of business. Well, there may be a few more credits in you if there's something worthwhile. Credits? <laughs> How much more do you give him? Well, could he's all slide across 30 more. 30? Mm. So, 50 total. He looks at you, looking you up and down, his eyes seeming to fixate on the skin of your neck, just visible under the brim of your navel coat, and he says, How about more? Ghost's body flashes into a rather threatening shape. This. How about less? Hmm, ghost, go ahead, make me a presence intimidate check. Not a good roll for her, but she's uh, frustrated. Uh, that's 16. 16. Okay, okay. Says, how about list? Kitty slides her hand back around the creds and starts to pull them away. Ah, that- 30 it is, 30 it is, and. And. A lick of your skin, love. Or a sniff of your air. Your choice. Oh, that's uh, let's, do, let's do a sniff. You probably don't want to be licking this. Resigning yourself to yeah. this. Kitty, Kitty steps will hop forward. Up and Pops off her tricon and kneels down, and Sig, like a starved animal, leaps forwards. 
His spindly body splays itself out on the counter as he thrusts his knobbly face into your hair and sniffs. Mm. He pulls his face away. Yeah, it smells like... Smells like salt, like fresh sea air, it does. Ain't smelled that one in a while. <laughs> It'd be actual sea air. It did not actually touch your body though, so you don't get to, you don't have to roll constant, you don't have to roll toughness to see if you pick up <laughs> an infestation from him. Instead, yeah. he pulls himself away grabs the cred stick and deposits it deposits it somewhere behind the counter and he says hey and he signed the register deep throat he did <laughs> told him i could show him a deep throat if he wanted <laughs> oh. that's, that's ghost ruining not just me <laughs> He was a staining. Let me check. Let me see. Let me see. Says Sig as he kneels over and you hear the sound of shifting papers. Not much of a believer in the computers. They don't taste very good. Mm, static electricity on your tongue. Not very nice. But paper. Of all paper. the reasons to go low tech, this is the one you choose. <laughs> paper tastes nice. Put the ink on the paper. It's a nice, sweetie, earthy taste it is. Ah, here it is. Yeah, I had him. Uh, mm, very strange indeed. Seems like he paid me for three sweets. Three sweets, hmm. Bosey was security conscious, he was. So we've got... 12B... 8C... And 11D! Ooh, I like 11D, he says. The walls of that sweet taste like... Decades old candy and the taste never goes away. 14B, not too crash hot on that one. Walls there taste like... Oh, well, I'd rather not say it, polite company. Anyway, I hope this is helpful to you. Sure you don't want to stay for the night? I'm... It's Taco Tuesday, it is. I've got some rat tacos cooking up in the cafeteria tonight for the residents. I'm... Sig, if there were any doubt in my mind about staying, you have settled it. We won't. But thank mm. you for your Oh, thank God. Wait, why do I fucking care? Jonathan just sort of raises his eyebrow, peers down at Sig, and he says, Oh, uh, we have, uh, places to stay. This is purely a academic inquiry. 
no offense, but I find your accommodations perhaps a bit uh, too rustic for my taste. Ah, no offense, pretty sweet boy, says Sig. He looks Jonathan up and down. He says, and you would taste like entitlement. Well, if you need any help, Sig will be here. Here's the chips for each of the coffins. He slides three bright blue chips across the counter. Those'll let you in. And if you find he's left any of his things behind, you can feel free to take them. Because got a policy here at six. You leave it behind, it becomes part of the room. And you've paid enough to have access to the room for at least a few hours. He shoes you away with a skeletal hand and then returns to whatever he was doing before you stepped in. Obsessively pouring over what appears to be some sort of old cookbook. The cover is covered in a thick layer of dust, but you could just make out the words to serve man. I have no idea what you just said. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Try again, kitty, please. <laughs> I never thought I'd be saying this, but that feller has some seriously good taste. Shall we be moving? Yeah. <laughs> you step through the rather flimsy looking wooden door behind the lobby and into the common area of the hotel. The common area is a large open room. The floor is made up of cracked, dusty floorboards, and here and there, there are square and circle-shaped patches of carpet in a variety of different, all bright and gaudy colors, all bright and gaudy colors. There's a couple of, a couple more moth-bitten armchairs and sofas pressed against the wall, and a big, old-style pool table taking pride of place in the middle of the common area. Against the wall far to the left, there's a row of what look like the types of arcade machines that were popular back in the 20th century. Advertising... Advertising games with names such as Asteroids, Missile Command, and Cubert. They look like they haven't been touched in quite some time, and you wonder if they're even functional. Little more than clapped out antiques at this stage. Ahead of you, according to your map, are two large rooms, the laundromat and the washrooms, respectively. That's what the map says they are, but the rooms themselves, or at least the doors that lead to them, are unmarked thick wooden doors with no signage. You also have access to Sweet Bay A, a 
a supply closet, according to your map, and sweep bay D to through an open archway to the right of you. Which ones were the coffins in again? Was it A, C, and D? That's what you were told, yep. Yeah. Oh, wait, B, C, and D. So not sweet say A. We may as well go down the alphabet then, unless yeah, anyone's got any objections. This is fucking weird, dude. I. The answer's obvious, right? That I have this weird compulsion to go in alphabetical order. <laughs> So as you step through the doorway that leads towards the suite, you hear a strange ticking sound. Your first impulse is to reach for your weapons and defend yourselves at whatever scuttling monstrosity is about to attack you. Then you step through the archway and see, right hung up on the wall, right in the middle of your view, an analog clock. Still running. Faded lettering reading Tempest Fugit on the faceplate. It appears most, if not all, of Sig Sip and Sleep is analog. And Ghost, you find this particularly unsettling. <laughs> Wonder who he no. stole this one from. Don't think of it. Don't think I've actually seen an analog clock before. Odd. Place gives you the sense that it's been transported through time, as if some eldritch entity or another reached through the veil of history right into the 1980s pulled this place out and just plonked it down in the middle of Psy. And as you begin to make your way through Sweet Bay D on your way to the suites further into the building, you can't help but notice how each room of the building is decked out in its own visual assault in Sweet Bay D, the wallpaper is a sick, sickening tan colour with what looks like a repeating pattern of a tiny bearded man wearing a long red cap. Like some sort of crazed garden gnome you would see as a hallucination while hopped up on vert. The carpet underfoot is deep grey. Pockmarked here and there with mysterious brown stains. And it's so thick that each step you take you seem to sink into it almost like you would if you were walking on snow. Make it about halfway through Sweet Bay D, and then open another door to your left. Walking in single file down an unlit 
hallway where the walls are completely undecorated. Your foot falls quiet on the floorboards. You push open another door with a faded letter B on it and step into Sweet Bay B. This one's almost a dead ringer for the other Sweet Bay, save for the fact that the wallpaper this time depicts what appear to be unicorns, although they're crying tears of blood. And in addition to the mysterious brown stains in the black carpet, portions of the wall and the baseboards show what look like cigarette burns. And there's a strange, half-sweet, half-nauseating smell seeming to linger in the air. It doesn't appear that anyone is here. The curtains are pulled over on all of the so-called suites, the little coffin compartments. So named because they're exactly the size and shape of coffins. Barely enough room for a resident to lie down inside and try to go to sleep. Most of them are numbered. 1 to 15. But a number of them have their designations either scraped off or peeled away through age. So... I would like each of you to go ahead and roll me a Presence Investigate check to see how long it takes you to find Sweet 14B. Oh, Ghost must be very distracted because they got a 4. Yeah, well, it's all analog. That's unsettling enough as it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's tricky. <laughs> Fish out of water. It'll be a seven for Kitty. Seven for Kitty and Paradigm? We gotta get the voice synth fixed. <laughs> and eight for me. Eight. Over here, I, I think it's over here, guys! Calls out Jonathan. And you step into a narrow aisle between two rows of coffin suites to find Jonathan kneeling over one of the coffins at his feet. The number one is gleaming just above the brown curtain and you could just make out the residue from some other number next to it. And peering closely, squinting, you might be able to make out the faded shape of the number four. But it's taken you at least 20 minutes to narrow it down. Well, uh, I don't think there are any others that seem like promising candidates, says Jonathan. Who'd like to do the honours? He gestures towards the two brown coloured curtains that are drawn over the little hole that the resident would crawl into to access the suite. You have such a way with words, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel fucking sick or something, man. Yeah. Right, let's find something so we get the hell out of here. Alright, I'm just reaching to open it. 
Paradigm, uh, your presence is plus three, I believe. Uh, plus five. Plus five. Do you have the investigate skill? I do not. You do not. That's okay. Plus five will be enough. So as Paradigm leans over, grabs the tip of the curtain and begins to pull it aside, Paradigm, you feel something just behind the curtain. Something thin and long, almost like a piece of wire. And it's been seemingly attached to the corner of the curtain that you're about to wrench aside. Okay, so I'd stop pulling, stop moving it open when I notice that. Is it? What's the matter, says Jonathan. Weirded out by this place? I know I am. Uh, yes, <laughs> a little, but there also appears to be something attached to the corner of this. Oh? Jonathan leans down, kneels in front of it. I'm going to roll for him. Jonathan says, oh, yes, I see what you mean. It looks like there's a wire attached to the curtain. And he traces the outline of the wire with his finger. It looks like the other end is attached to something within the coffin itself. Hmm. Does anyone have a multi-tool? Might like to snip this in the bud? Can it, would you allow ghost forming themselves into a multi tool? Yeah, I would allow that if no Fuck one's yeah. got one. <laughs> I, mean, you, I, yeah, I still have one, but yeah. You fumble for your multi tool paradigm, yeah. but in front of you, ghost once again collapses into shards of floating data, and they compress down into the shape of a tiny multi tool that pushes itself into the small gap you've made. And snips the wire. Ghost, go ahead and make an agility mechanics roll for me. That's a 21. 21. The digital data tool snips the wire and Paradigm, you feel it grow loose beneath your fingertips as it drops down, detaching from the backside of the curtain. The multi-tool manifests a smiley face that winks at you and you grab the curtain and pull it aside, revealing, pointed directly at where your head would have been, a double-barreled smart shotgun. One end of the wire is wrapped around the trigger and the other end of the wire trails down over the mattress that makes up the interior of the coffin. Okay. It seems he was prepared for people. Yeah, it seems he was prepared for people to come looking for him. Yeah. Start padding down the mattress inside the coffin, pulling back the bed covers, looking under the threadbare pillow, and there doesn't appear to be anything here, save for the shotgun that was primed to blow someone's head off. This one is just a decoy. Is the shotgun a better one than what I've got, or is it about the same, really? It's about the same, but it's a smart weapon. Meh. 
I don't really need smart weapons. So as in if you had a smart jack, you could get the most out of it? Yeah. If you had a smart jack, uh, it would get an extra... So a shotgun is, I believe, let me just look that up, um, weapons for sale. So a shotgun deals D8. If you were able to jack in, it would deal D12. Ooh. I mean, I might as well take it. But yeah. yeah. So Kitty untangles the wire from the trigger and carefully detaches the shotgun from the makeshift mounts that it's dangling from. From the little low-hanging ceiling of the coffin compartment, flings it over her shoulder, and you press on to the next one. And as you make your way through suite number B towards the towards the door that leads out into suite bay C the door creaks open as you approach it and a middle-aged dark-skinned man with extremely bloodshot eyes sees you he looks you up and down and he says wait you haven't been near my stuff have you you haven't touched my stuff Seems oh. to be blocking the doorway. And he holds out his hand. He says, You've been near my stuff? I'll smash it in, I will. I'll smash it in. You'll come here near my stuff. We ain't after you, mate. Hands down and move away. <laughs> Go ahead for me and roll a presence persuade check, kitty. I think Garth is making the wise decision of not being a horrifying amalgam of code. Yeah, in front of this person. Are you still a multi-tool, or if you? I'm gonna step a multi-tool for now. Yeah, little multi-tool just like floating in the air. I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm touching his stuff. Yeah, he frowns. He says, "I saw you. I saw you come out of there. I saw you. You've been touching my stuff. You've been touching all my stuff in this week. Ain't no one allowed to touch my stuff. It's my stuff only. It is you." He slams a fist into a beefy palm. He says, Ooh. He says, that's my vert and there it is. Can't get it on the street no more. Can't get the vert on the street. You better pay for what you take and you better pay. You pay up 100 creds right now or I... I bet you, Eddie, does you don't touch my stuff. Would somebody else like to tell this fella why that's a really fucking bad idea? Maybe you could quickly knock him out and stow him in one of the compartments. Yeah. Uh, you know what? This is why I got a Sprangler Gordon. Without breaking stride, Kitty will fire her yeah. cord around the back, pull him down, and pretty much sit on him until he stops moving. Yep. Uh, what's your strength? Plus three. Plus three, I yeah. Won't make you, I won't make you roll for this because that'll be five overall. So you step forwards, and as he holds out his hand expectantly to extort creds off you, before he has a chance to react, you're upon him, pinning him face first down into the stained carpet. He struggles beneath you. Oh, bleh. that's it. 
Oh, you don't know who you're fucking with. You don't know. Let me go. Let me go now. I won't. I won't rip. I won't rip your heads off. I won't. I won't. Stop talking, says Kitty, and pretty much uses the cord to choke him out. Stop talking. There's a break. My stuff. No, I took it. He passes out, and Jonathan steps forwards, dutifully lifts him up, and slides him into one of the nearby coffin suites. As he pulls the curtain, you hear the man mumbling in his sleep. (laughs) Always touching me stuff. Always stealing my fucking stuff. (laughs) Sam. You step through the open door and start making your way down the curved hallway that leads to sweet base C. Yet more stained grey carpet and vomit-inducing wallpaper. The unicorns that cry tears of blood are gone. Now, there's a picture of what looks like your standard sec corp officer, only instead of a normal head, he's got the face of an elephant smiling unsettlingly at you. His tusk bent the wrong way, pointing up into the air besides his flap-like ears. On your way to Sweet Bait C, according to your map, you're passing the security hub and indeed, how nondescript the rest of Sig Sip and Sleep is, the security hub stands out. A reinforced metal door instead of the flimsy wooden ones, and somebody's actually bothered to hang a plaque up on the wall that reads in bright red lettering, Security, Staff Only. And beside it, there's a little logo. The UCS, United Citadel Security logo. Telling you that they're the ones in charge of security for this establishment. Huh. You're all ghost. That's where they're... Keep moving. Can you give me that one more time? One more time, kitty. Your call, ghost. Mess with or keep moving. Yeah, but if, if there's going to be any any access node, it would most likely be in here. Yeah, all right, all right let's let's take a look. Oh, man. I I, I got to have something digital. This, this ain't right. Yeah. You step towards the reinforced metal door and... There doesn't appear to be any handle or any keyhole. You see a biometric scanner embedded into the doorframe on the right side, and as you step up to it, a single LED blinks red. You are not allowed to access the security hub. Oh, well, that's a shame. If <laughs> because the LED says no, then there's just no way in. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> How would you like to do it, Ghost? Uh, Hack straight in or copy swappy? Yeah, fuck, I'll use an app. Yeah, alright. Uh, knowledge technology to activate your copy swappy. That's, uh, 
22. 22. Yeah. You drag the code packet across your vision, integrate it into the feed of data, and activate Copy Swappy. To your right, Paradigm suddenly flickers, takes on the appearance of Sig out in reception. Oh, okay, that that's how that, that's going to go. All right. The short, hunchbacked, decrepit ghoul of a man shuffles forwards, and the retinal... The biometric scanner beeps. Beep, beep. You know, this the is alley. a good look on you, man. <laughs> the LED oh, flashes man. green, and there's a loud whoosh as the metal door slides open, admitting you to the security hub. And as you well. step into the security hub, you find not much. It's a cramped enough room as it is, but somehow they've managed to fit a tall metal filing cabinet, another another metal cupboard with the word armory imprinted on the metallic doors, and a single small low-tier mainframe sitting in the corner, connected directly to the access hub, humming away, LEDs of various different lights flashing across its surface. Right. Yeah. It's a ghost. We step forwards, and to everyone else, it looks as if you step into the mainframe. As if you are a ghost, just like your namesake, and you step into this solid object. Your consciousness shrinks down, fitting perfectly into the access point, like a key in a lock. And suddenly... You have an overhead view of the entire motel as 20-something hidden security cameras come together, forming a gestalt awareness of the entire building as you become one with the security system. Oh, that's much better. Okay, let's... Let's do this. You notice, Ghost, while you're in the security system, although they're not active all the time, there appear to be cameras installed in every single coffin suite in the establishment. Cycling through them, you get a view of the compartments and their inhabitants. A dishevelled, homeless woman in a deep sleep in one of the bays, one of the suites in Bay A. A man dressed in new mobster gear, counting a stack of unlaundered cred chips in a coffin in Sweet Bay D and so on and so forth. A timestamp down the bottom of the viewpoint reads Tasto Vision. 
<laughs> Fucking terrible name. <laughs> All right. Let's um, let's get tasted. Yeah, search the ones that you know you have to go to next. So, as you begin to cycle through the dozens of cameras trying to find Suite 11C, I'd like you to go ahead and roll a presence technology check for me. All these presence checks, man. Uh, that's <laughs> 10. And want a glitch? Yeah, all right. Oh, 11. 11. Ooh, okay. I have faith in you, ghost. He says, patting your back, and I can help. Let's see. So glitch again. I'll give you one of mine. Glitch again? All right, re-roll okay. again. Oh, it's a fucking nine. Nine. <laughs> we'll let it lie now. So a little viewport appears in the bottom right-hand corner of your vision, indicating, shall we, giving you a view of the contents of Suite 11C. You reach out to it with thought alone, and it expands, fills your vision, and reveals two things. A leather duffel bag with a faded Alliance-in logo imprinted on the side is wedged just under the pillow. There's also a strangely shaped lump underneath the blanket of the coffin. At first, it seems to be nothing more than a lump. And then, as you're just about to switch away from the feed, you see it move. The outline of the shape changes. Things resembling legs jut out from a central core as whatever it is shifts, changes position, and waits. Oh, man. It's roughly the size of a large canine. Okay. Fucked up murder dog. A dog, you say? Yeah. Let's let's go with that. Well, You're about to... Yep. Would you like to switch to the next uh, feed and see what's there? Yeah, let's take a look. You switch to the third coffin in Sweet Bay D. And you know instantly that this is not one you want to check. Seemingly the entire space inside the coffin compartment is packed with Semtex. The little okay, okay. red... No, 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 no. The little red LEDs indicating that they are primed and live. And the detonator is attached to yet another wire threaded along the top of the curtain. Now, why does the title here say "Encarns are Cuffers"? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'll, 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 something, something tells me not to open it. It's a sweet 11C. It is then, and just as you're about to probe deeper into the security system, go see if maybe you can find any details on who stayed here 
anything that might allow you to get a bead on where Johnson would have gone or who he's met with, any guests he's had brought in. Suddenly, all of the data on your feed glows bright red. Your vision begins to distort and waver and twist before your eyes as the firewall activates, detecting you, detecting something, your essence within the system, and it violently expels you. It feels like, it feels like when you're on a roller coaster and it crests the first peak of the ride and you feel that lurch in your innards before you go tumbling down and it lasts only a fraction of a second. But then, suddenly, you're standing once again in meat space in front of the security hub once again in your humanoid form. And you take three points of damage from the dump shock. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, I got a firewall. You did a great job, though. You got what that's what we needed. Yeah. Uh, you're ready that was subpar. So you know, so this, this hateful fellow is uh, definitely throwing us all off here. Yeah, I'm getting real bad vibes, man. So what would you like to do? One star. Let's go sort out that there murder now, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> murder yeah, all right. dog. Let's, let's go fuck with a terrifying murder dog, Colt. <laughs> Kitty, you don't have any <laughs> weird... Eh? Go ahead, Paradigm. You don't have any, any of your weird suitcase babies ready yet, do you? Oh! Hey, mm. hold on. <laughs> Kitty will... Pull out the gum birther and throw in and uh, Dale. Mm. Uh, hey, real quick, are you going to be like, okay with, I mean, it's not really a dog. Yeah. I'm hoping that it is. <laughs> I've, been telling, I've been playing. <laughs> All right, then. Um, pull out the scum birther and Dale. Would yeah. Kitty have grabbed some of that uh, blue nano meat? She wants yep. to experiment. Mm, yeah. The glowing blue nano meat is thrown into the little hole on the scum birther, and then you close the lid and place the scum birther down on the floor of the security hub. It begins to vibrate, and at various points, a strange, disgusting, squishing sound emanates from within. And then, after about five minutes, the lid springs open of its own accord, and a half a foot tall, grey alien steps out, his eyes glowing bright blue as he peers up at you, trying to take in the strange situation he's found himself in. Go ahead and roll your presence for me, kitty. Oi, matey. Give me crew now. 17, and he gets a paper pirate hat. 
You kneel down, place the paper pirate hat on his extended cranium, and he looks up and his eyes flicker black and blue as he tries his best to communicate with you, emanating a strange hum. Says the grey alien, his eyes blinking bright green for a split second as he salutes you with a stumpy arm. Can I do any like language decode on this? Or is it just nonsense? <laughs> It seems to be just nonsense. None of the algorithms you're currently running can make any sense of it. You get the feeling Kitty can't really make sense of it either. Kitty, are you, like, getting any of this, or...? No, I'm just rolling with it, but don't tell him that. All right. Okay. The little grey alien... The little grey alien turns around and his stumpy legs begin to carry him to the door. He looks over his shoulder at you and his eyes glimmer as he says, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> so, what would you have your Munkillus do? I figure we'll go to uh, the place where the murder dog is. He can be basically gonna run in there go <laughs> and run yep. back out run back out try to lure the dog out to a position where we yeah. can ambush it good idea so you make your way into sweet bay c and step into what must surely be the economy suite of this lovely accommodation it's bigger than any of the other suites in the building and there are rows upon rows of coffins splayed out through this vast open area here it seems that sig has not even bothered to splurge for the luxury of carpet and a stained dusty dirty concrete floor runs along the aisles and the coffins are stacked three high, leaving at least 30 or 40 to search from to find the right one. So go ahead, make a presence investigate check, all of you, and we'll see how long it takes you to find the next one. Oh my god. 13. 13. Oh, fucking presence checks, that's a uh, 8. Eight. That's an 18. 18. And Jonathan rolls a 17. So it only takes five minutes this time. You get lucky. You pick the aisle directly in front of you and begin searching. And within a few minutes, Jonathan says, Oh, oh. Numbers fully intact this time, right here. And he points to the silver number 11 affixed to the plastic barrier. He raises a finger in front of his lips. Let's creep to the head of the aisle then and see if our little friend from your suitcase can lure out whatever's in there. 
creep to the edge of the aisle and hide yourselves behind another row of coffins. And then Kitty, what do you say to the grey alien as you send him to his task and likely to his death? He points and goes, says the grey alien. His eyes lingering on a shade of red that reminds you of blood. And then he nods and his stumpy legs carry him down the aisle. Peeking out from your hiding place, you watch as he reaches up for the curtain in front of Suite 11C and pulls it aside. And then he opens his mouth, waving his little stumpy hands as he turns and runs in the opposite direction. A dog-sized crawler bot untangles its crab-like legs and scurries out of the bay towards him, the chain gun affixed to the front of it beginning to spin. Bang, 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 Firing at the little homunculus as he runs for his life. And Kitty, as he runs past you, he looks in your direction, giving you the giving you the best grey alien equivalent of a little puppy dog look. <laughs> as he darts down the corridor towards the security hub, leading the crawler drone away as it continues taking pop shots at him. I kind of want to save him now. Let <laughs> me save him. Jonathan, sure looks Jonathan, Jonathan looks at you, shakes his head, and he says, What? They last for 24 hours at most, don't they? At least his life was short but eventful. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan leads you down the aisle and leans into the coffin, pulls out the leather duffel bag with the Allianson logo, and as he dumps it on the ground at your feet, he says, I dare say this contains Johnson's belongings. Maybe he didn't have time to uh, get them back before he sold us all out. I'm curious to open it up. Let's get out here and do it on the road before that crawler bot comes back. Good yeah. idea, says Jonathan. Very good idea. He or turns. Maybe we can pick up Palmer McStumpyson on the way. <laughs> so. Extraction. How would you like to get out? From here, to your right, there's an archway that leads back into Sweet Bay D. If you make your way down here, you could get back to the common area and probably avoid having to tangle with that crawler drone. Or you can head back the way you came, and you're almost guaranteed to come across it. I'm thinking we sneak out through Sweet D. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're going to away. Well, he knew the odds when he enlisted. All right, let's go. <laughs> Hopefully he's run off and escape to start a new life in the sewers for the next 23 hours, 58 minutes. <laughs> Jonathan slings the duffel bag over his shoulder and then gestures for Kitty to take the lead. Kitty leads you through the archway and you run 
swiftly side by side down the narrow corridor that is Sweet Bay D, past the rows upon rows of coffin suites. Catching the one that would have been your death out of the corner of your eye as you run past, and for a brief moment, you're gripped with the very slight temptation to pull those curtains aside and see if maybe you could repurpose some of that Semtex for your own ends. Does anyone give in? Ah, uh, nay. Kids, don't be playing with high explosives without an adult present. <laughs> I want not for material possessions. It could be fun, but no, we're, we've got the bag. And so you continue on, emerging once again into the common area, and... As you step out into the common area, Kitty, I'd like you to make a presence roll for me. Just straight presence. Fifteen. Fifteen. You immediately turn towards the lobby and prepare to sprint past the pool table. And then, Kitty, something... You catch a flicker of movement out of the corner of your right eye. You turn oh, around God. and you see the grey alien cowering behind one of the legs of the pool table. You have no idea where the craw crawler drone is. But somehow, your homunculus got away, and as he sees you emerge into the common area, he waves a stumpy hand, his eyes glimmer flashing between yellow, red, and blue. Mm! <laughs> As if he's trying to get your attention. Ghost scoops him up. <laughs> Ghost kneels down and scoops up the little grey alien. It's less of a kneel and more of like a just a wave of, of yeah. nanobots. Ghost just waves her hand. The middle and... of her chest, leans yep. up and up and sticks it into his flesh. <laughs> and as, as the nanobots uh, as the nanobots form into a tendril of data that wrap around the little grey alien's body and hoist him up, pulling him towards you all, he raises a hand towards his paper pirate hat, pulls it off his head and waves <laughs> and what is a clear victory pose. I love him so much. I love him. <laughs> and then, as you see, as you see the shadow of the crawler bot's spindly crab-like legs emerging from the supply closet ahead, you turn and run, bursting through the door into reception. Sig looks up from his cookbook. <laughs> Did you find what you were looking for? Hey, but there's something you should really get a taste of. And it smells like Gordite, too. Go have a look. Ooh. And you point him towards the sweet in Bay D? I guarantee you, you've never tasted anything like this. Oh. Oh. I have to see this with my own two tongues. And instantly tosses the cookbook, cookbook at his feet, 
stands up and shuffles away through the door behind you. And as the door swings shut, you hear two things. The first is the hum of the crawler drone's chain gun beginning to spin. And then, Sig's scream. As it unloads its ammo into his broken body. Taste of that lead there, maybe. (laughs) You sprint across the reception, push through the glass doors. Paradigm's going to swipe the pen as they as they leave. Yeah, pen. That's rare these days. (laughs) Yeah, Paradigm pen with ink. Paradigm just kneels down, snatches up the fountain pen and drops it into his pocket as you burst through the glass doors and make your way to the open, empty concrete lot where your vehicles are parked. So, it's at this point that I reveal that I had rolled to see when the next kill team would show up. And it rolled at 40 minutes. It took you 20 minutes to find the first suite. It took you 5 minutes to find the second. And I'd say it took you about 10 minutes to make your way through the facility. Meaning, as you reach your vehicles, you're just in time to see a black van with tinted windows and a gleaming Alliance logo on its side. Prime the mini guns attached to the roof as they begin as it begins to speed down the neon soaked street in front of you. You have enough time to scramble into your vehicles if you want to. Or you can stand and fight. I want to hack into the ECU of it and fuck up the timings on the engine so it blows. Mmm, yeah. Let's do it for running a woman, shall we? Yeah, discretion's the better part of Valor, and as if in agreement, the grey alien pokes his head up from behind the reams of data, the ghost's body, and shouts, (laughs) We gotta protect this little guy, like, we we gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you scramble into the stolen taxi and Paradigm slides into the saddle of the old Harley. The engines roar to life and the wheels crunch over the crumbling weed-infested concrete out onto the road. Just as the black van turns from around a nearby building, fixes its headlights directly on you, and you hear the roar of its engine as it begins to speed up. For the first time, Kitty will be riding with Paradigm. Then it pulls some shenanigans. (laughs) Wrapping her tiny cat-like arms around Paradigm's waist as... The great bike careens down onto the street, and as the multitude of miniguns on the van begin to whir, the muzzle flash appears and the corporate assassins inside the van slide open the panel on the side, 
point their guns in your direction and begin to fire. So, I'll have Jonathan roll, but I'll also have Paradigm. I, I assume you're the one driving your own vehicle. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So go ahead and make me an agility drive check to defend. That'll just be agility. Ooh, it's an 11. An 11. Ooh, want a glitch? Uh, I probably should, so I will, yeah. I use one of my glitches. Yep. For the record, Cap, for the record, Boson Hummy was in the car. Yeah, he's, he's, you see him, as you, as you scream past the taxi, you see his little, little oval-shaped grey alien head poking up behind the rim of the window, his eyes flashing red with concern and terror as the operatives within the van what? give fire. What'd you get, Paradigm? It's another 11. Another 11. The mini gun mounted to the roof of the van begins to whir and spin as the engine roars to life, the tires screech as they navigate a pile of trash and a cyber rickshaw in the middle of the street. And then the barrage of bullets comes. The motorbike shudders and vibrates with each bullet that slams into the chassis of this fine old beast. The front wheel is knocked askew as the thick tire bursts yeah. and a plume of thick grey air obscures your vision. You vaguely hear some of the operatives bark and order. Sounds something like, now, now, now! And then you hear the rattle of assault rifles as they fire at you. The van gains on you and the operatives unleash everything they've got, spraying Kitty and Paradigm for four points of damage each. Ew. All right, armor. Oh, putting holes in my shit. Yep, armor, of course. Four points of armor. And as they had to pull up to get a good angle, Kitty will take out the special grenade that Ooh. she's been saving and huck it into the open door of the van. Mmm, yeah. Uh. So you are doing this at high speed, so I will ask for an agility... And we shall say, uh, athletics roll for this. That's a 12. Is that what I needed? A I can glitch DR12 is enough. Alright. Grab a grenade out of your coat, and That's as well. the van draws nearer, as you can see, it's bulking black silhouette in the cloud of gun smoke and rapidly escaping oxygen all around you. 
You hone on the purple LEDs of the operative's night vision, pull the pin on the grenade and hurl it. You don't see it go into the van, but you hear the grenade clatter onto something plastic and the LEDs of the night vision quickly pull themselves back in the van and you hear the operative screaming something. Get out! Out of the way! Oh, Dale. Yep. This is not a normal thing. Do you remember when I asked you if I could take one of the shots and, like, save triple the cost? Yeah. This is a knockout shot. This is a concussion grenade designed to stun people for one round, including the driver. Yeah. So I'm going to roll... Toughness checks. I'm going to roll for everyone. And also, uh, I would like Paradigm to just please roll a d20 for me. Any d20. And there's no attribute assigned to this. This is a luck check. Yeah, good good expression. Uh, five? Five. Wrench the clutch on your motorcycle and the engine roars and then a plume of smoke begins to shoot out of the side of the engine. You hear a clicking sound somewhere in the chassis of your motorbike and the engine splutters as it begins to die. They've killed your motorcycle. So, the concussion grenade the concussion grenade goes off. You hear the bang and the operatives who are firing from the back of the van drop. They ragdoll like characters in a video game. One of them falls out of the side of the van and tumbles, rolling over and over on the road as he's left behind. But the driver was the one who rolled to avoid the concussion. And you can just make out his face behind the tinted windscreen. He screws his mouth together in a mixture of determination and righteous anger as he gives the van all it's got. And I'm going to roll for Jonathan to see if he's able to get out of the way. As the minigun once again whirs, begins to spin, and unloads a ream of bullets into the stolen taxi. And that's a 15. Well, I hope that button I've never pressed gets the job done, says Jonathan as he slams his thumb on a red button with the word emergency above it. The engine of the taxi roars as the emergency turbo kicks in. And one of the stolen taxi's aftermarket parts engages. Jonathan grabs the steering wheel and pulls it to the right. The tires screech. 
as the taxi drifts around a corner and the bullets pepper the road. But the black van is still giving chase. And about 10 metres behind it, on the corner, on the corner of this road and the four-lane overpass that runs alongside the waterfront of the bay lies Paradigm and Kitty on the broken-down Harley, their faces barely visible in a cloud of black smoke. Ghost! The van is still coming. The minigun is preparing for its next barrage. The driver is gaining on you. But Jonathan's bought you a few precious seconds to do something, anything, to get these guys off your tail. Yeah, I wanted to see if I could run that back on the, uh, the yeah. RZCU. Alright. So you've activated two apps this session, so the trace is at two. So I'm going to ask for a Knowledge Technology DR16. Uh, sorry, what is the, what's that going to do with apps? Uh, well, because the you've used two apps, so the trace is at plus two, and I'm going to apply it to this role because, you know, they would have some Fair enough. ice within their van. Anyone got a, got a glitch to lower that? Glitch it to lower it to 12, yep. Anyone, I don't have one, but has anyone... Uh, oh, has anyone got a glitch left? Jonathan will spend I feel like it might be useful. Okay, cool. Worked. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, I got a 12. 12? That's a natural 12, so plus, nice. um, plus knowledge, it's six, uh, seven, 18. Oh. Emergency boost used. A mechanical voice says, emanating from the taxi's dashboard. To continue using your emergency boost, you must subscribe to the gold plan. Thank you, pretty boy. Okay, let's oh, do this. Damn blasted thing! Shouts Jonathan. Guess it's on you, ghost! As he slams his foot down on the pedal, the van is gaining on you closer and closer. The mini gun spins faster and faster, and just as it begins to fire. You fix your eyes on the drivers and let go of your body. So what I'm doing Your is, form. Yep, go ahead. I want to get into the, the van's computer yeah, and just fuck you. up the fuel injection timing so much that the engine explodes itself. Yeah, it explodes. Your body collapses. Jonathan watches from the rear view mirror as... Ghost, the teen girl we know as Ghost, begins to break apart, first into single bites, single bits, ones and zeros, floating in the air, and then they begin to coalesce together, until Ghost is nothing more than a great tentacle of data, and... As the tentacle of data leaks through the back windscreen of the taxi that's been shattered by the minigun's fire, it seems to leak like a sickness from the back of the taxi to the front 
of the van, only a few meters away. The data disappears into the van's grill and is gone. <laughs> Shouts the homunculus, fist pumping his little stumpy fist in the air. And then, the rest of you, you don't see anything change. The chase continues on, the van gains on, the taxi closer and closer, the bullets pepper the ground and begin to rattle into the taxi's boot, peeling away the yellow paint. Uh, a ghost, says Jonathan nervously. Uh, wh whatever you're doing, make it fast. Then, suddenly, Ghost reforms on the back seat of the taxi, smiling as the driver behind the tinted windscreen screws up his face in shock. Sparks fly from the van's grill and there's a loud BANG as the engine explodes, sending the front of the van careening through the air. Bye-bye now. The driver screams, reaches for the steering wheel, and tries to, tries vainly to direct what is now rapidly turning into a fireball careening towards the side of the road down into Evergreen Bay and then it topples over the edge and the flaming van is swallowed up in the inky blackness the neon lights dancing on the driver's grave Ghost uh, hits the head of the little grey alien and says nobody gets to paint me and my buddy <laughs> Shouts the grey alien, raising both hands in the air. He starts dancing on his stubby little legs, doing a jitterbug on the back seat of the taxi. It's his victory dance. <laughs> oh, oh, he's precious. He's precious. About 20 minutes later... We find you all in another parking lot buried somewhere away in the pleasure center part of the port, wedged between a techno nightclub band, a new gangster bar. The taxi looks none the worse for wear, although its boot is pockmarked with scratches and bullet holes and the yellow paint is beginning to peel away. Paradigm's bike though, as Paradigm bites his, bites his bottom lip and looks sadly down at the hunk of broken machinery in front of him, he silently swears vengeance. Jonathan unhinges the alliance and duffel bag from his shoulder and places it down on the asphalt between all of you. Well, uh, no time like the present, I'd say, he says. And, of course, rest in peace to those who gave their lives that we may have this information.
He shoots a glance over at the Harley. The chassis is still mostly intact, but the engine... The engine's been shredded by gunfire. The plumes of smoke are gone, but no matter what Paradigm can try, he can't get it to do more than a few seconds of spluttering, clicking noises before it dies once again. Unfortunately, repaired. Mmm, they don't make engines like that anymore. Well, uh, who'd like to do the honours? Says Jonathan. Well, yeah, might as well, says Kitty and she'll pop open it. Hmm, shouts the grey alien, still seated on Ghost's somehow solid yet incorporeal shoulder. Kitty struts forwards, grabs the zipper of the duffel bag and zoop, unzips it. Inside... It's only a handful of things, but you can tell immediately this is what you were looking for. There's a 10mm pistol, nothing special about it, not a smart weapon, and several spare clips to go alongside it. A cred stick containing Johnson's operation funds, and the little counter on the cred stick tells you that there's still... 800 creds on it. And thirdly, a palm-sized data pad. Looks like Johnson didn't even have time to lock it. As soon as you lift out of the bag, Kitty, the screen blinks to life. A map of Psy appears right before your eyes. And there's a single location blinking on and off. Several arrows point to it. And the word safe house flickers into view, floating across the display. Right on the edge of North Central, according to the map, with a lovely view of Lake Gravel and the Borg Hold size maximum security prison. An Arliansen Corporation data crypt. That's where Johnson's been taken. That's where he's hiding, waiting, waiting for the kill teams to find you and waiting for when they've removed the threat that you'll come after him to avenge Ivan. You quickly upload the data to your retinal implants and send a copy of the map and all of the information about the safe house to Vera Coilings. She doesn't respond in person. Instead, she simply sends a thumbs up emoji along with the text. Finally, finally things are going our way. We know where to find him. 
And this wouldn't be the first time you've broken into a corporate stronghold, fought your way to the top, and taken someone out. All of us here at The Collective, we've got faith that you can do it again. Punks! Punks! You're on the run! You're on the run from Alliance's kill teams. And somehow, somehow, you're still alive. I've got to give you where credit's due. You've played it smart so far. And you know where the guy who sold you out is hiding, waiting. The Alliance and Data Crypt in North Central. All you've got is a location on the map, an address. You don't know what's waiting for you there. You don't know what security measures have been put in place. But if there's one thing you are good at, punks, it's that you're good at legwork. And so, maybe, maybe you will pull through this after all. My bets are on Alianson, of course. But that concludes this session. You may go ahead and roll a d4 to see if you recover any health, and you may roll to see how many glitches you recover. Hey, full health. Lovely. And 800... 800 creds on that cred stick. That's 200 for each of you. It's not much. You can put it towards your debt if you like, or you can use it to stock up. Because before we leave tonight, I have a question for you. Are you going to be going to North Central? Finding a way into that Alliance and Data Crypt? Starting your legwork tonight? No time to waste? Or are you going to find a place to hunker down? Wait till the sun's up. Wait till the city's a bit less seedy. And see if you can't rustle up some last-minute supplies and aid. Keeping in mind, if you do this, the kill teams will have more time to scour the city. And the chances they'll find you either on the way to the Alliance and Data Crypt or at the location itself will be so much greater. So, these voters to strike while the iron is hot and go now, but that's just perfect. Mm. What do you guys think? What does everyone else think? Ah, uh, jeez, man. I... I still think we should stock out. Mm. Okay. Paradigm. Stock up. Paradigm. If nothing else paradigm. to fix that fucking voice voice synthesizer, if you was kidding, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Ivan may be no more, but he did pass along his contact. Procedure only takes an hour. Rest in peace, Russian pirate. Procedure. What about you, Paradox? Oh I can see the benefit in stocking up, but I can also see the benefit of, yeah, striking one with somewhat mm. with the advantage. 
I'm. Hmm. So that means we've got one vote to go now. One vote to stock up. Paradigm can go either way. I'm going to roll for Jonathan to see what he decides. Oh. A 50-50 chance. Here's a question. We don't have to decide right now, so we can like yeah. talk it over on the board, right? You sure can, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll okay, so get his actual vote, then. Uh, yeah, it might yeah. be a moot point. Yeah, 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 point. So, don't bother voting now. Instead, I'll close on a different question. The little grey alien. <laughs> Doing his jitterbug on the back seat of the taxi, oh. looking up at <laughs> Ghost with obvious admiration in his almond-shaped eyes. What's his name going to be? His name? Oh. <laughs> hmm. Name him. I want to call him Squelch. Squelch? <laughs> Jonathan peers over his shoulder. He's only got about 20 hours left. Uh, oh, well. those 22 hours, he'll be Squelch. Squelch he is. And that concludes this session. I'm rolling a d6 on my side, because I've never rolled for a miserable headline before. Hey, <laughs> you get to play I get to play for once, and I would like someone to go ahead and roll a d6 for me. We'll say Paradigm can do it. That's two. Two. Hmm. Ammo prices skyrocket. Okay. Oh. Climb Yay. back. Your vehicles carry you through the neon-soaked streets of Psy. As you ponder your next move, the breaking news story floods your feed. An ammo drought hits Psy after a devastating explosion at the ACGS munitions factory tears a hole in the city skyline. Mags are at a premium. And melee weapons have become a thrifty alternative. For the next, from now... Become the melee weapon. Yeah, become the melee weapon. From now until the end of the next session, ammo clips cost double what they normally would. Jeez. And melee weapons do as well. As the masses flock to arm themselves with whatever alternatives to firearms they can hide. Something has disturbed the simulation. Something unknowable. Something alien lurks in the code that governs this world. A consciousness that is on the verge of becoming self-aware of understanding that Psy is ripe for the taking. The old gods, whatever they are, begin to stir. And dead things that never die continue to dream for now. Their dreams slightly more vivid 
than before.